This is Keaton DC with Max and Brent, unlocking the market on the district's first real estate podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Max Raven and Brent Jackson. Welcome to Keaton DC with Max Raven and I am Brent Jackson. Today it's just Max and myself. We're going to chat a little bit about the market, what we did last summer, excuse me, this past summer. Talk about the past couple of episodes, what's coming up on the next couple of episodes and just kind of go around the table here. Max, what's up? What's going on, buddy? I mean, I am doing great. The summer was super busy on all fronts, both business and pleasure. How about you? The same. Very busy. We are almost about to pass our 2020 volume. We should pass that here coming up in September, early October. So our year is off to a phenomenal, not even start. We're halfway through the year, right? Or three-fourths through the year. Right. What was your target volume for the year? And where are you? So our target volume was 150 and we are just shy of 140. Jesus. That's a lot. That's awesome. Million. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I got that. I know that. 150 million. Yeah. I mean, we're a smaller team. Our target was 90 million for the year, and we're pushing 65 right now. So we've had a couple misses on some bigger transactions. We had a couple listings that, you know, under contract should have gone, didn't compute. That happens sometimes. But otherwise, I mean, still fantastic year and unbelievable pace to everything. Yeah, and we have a lot of stuff coming up in the fall. I know uh, we had our roundtable team meeting here yesterday, actually. So every month, it's the first Wednesday of the month. We kind of go round robin. We calculate everybody's activity points. It's called SAM, so it's Sales Activity Manager. Okay. So you just compute like how many touches, how many open houses, how many clients, how many closings, volume, production units, how many spear heads did you put into your database, things like that. A little tedious for some of our agents to put in, but if you kind of stick with it, everything that we do, you're forming a track pattern for future success down the road. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Building that roadmap to a success for a team, that's the difference between sort of spinning your wheels or staying on the same level and really going to the next level each quarter, each year. That's a big deal. Yeah. I was talking to Rob this morning, just coming into the office every day, getting here at eight o'clock and everybody's got a different schedule, but having a schedule in place, getting up in the morning, putting on your clothes, getting ready, you come in with a purpose, knock out your phone calls, your emails, your text messages, your flyers, your letter writing, whatever you're doing to generate business. I always say do that at the early part of the day so that people's days go crazy. You get that one-off call, like they want to go look at something in the afternoon or late morning. So you've got to be out there prospecting and you've got to do it on a regular basis. Otherwise you put that to the wayside. Next thing you know, two months comes down the road and you're like, uh, where's my business? Yeah. You're making me nervous because there was so much distraction over the summer with a lot of stuff like that. What'd you do this summer? Well, you know, aside from real estate, we got a couple nice vacations in there. We spent a week in North Carolina in the Outer Banks and then another week in Maine and Bar Harbor, which is unbelievable. I think I'll do that exact circuit next year. That was a perfect compliment you get the hot beach summer and then like the cool coastline of maine really beautiful and then other than that living with two kids they're in camps try to keep as regular schedule as possible and our office schedule i don't think we're as regimented as you guys are 
but I try to get to the office every day if possible. But you know how the business is. It takes you out of the office constantly. You're in your car. You're working from your car. You're getting texts while you're trying to drive in some ridiculous traffic. This is why my next car has to be autopilot because I am just the texting and calls coming in with all kinds of different insane stuff while we're driving. It's too much. I need the autopilot. That's the next level right there. You're going with the Tesla? Whatever makes sense. We'll see when my next lease is finished. But I've watched these TikToks of the Tesla autopilot, the more contained autopilot where there's just driving around small places and it's very sophisticated. I'm like, that is what I need. I need a city driver Tesla. So whenever that's out, I'll buy it. I think I've got a friend that just got one and he said that he can't go back to a regular car. Now he's an older gentleman and he said that he's driving to and from Atlanta for whatever reason. And the autopilot he'll put on there, maybe he shouldn't be telling me this, but he can like check his email or text messages. And he says that the car drives better than himself. Right. I would hope. So now when he finds himself driving in the city, he gets a little scared. He's like, oh, I don't know how to drive anymore. Yeah. Well, to me, if the autopilot function works well in the city environment, which it will eventually, I would be happy to just... Actually, my car now does park itself. It'll it'll park parallel park itself. And as soon as it starts the parallel parking mode, I actually start emailing and texting immediately to try to catch up on things. That's crazy. So that's... Yeah. Brent, what was your summer all about? How was your summer? Uh, much of the same. So we spent... Uh, the first part, we were June and July. We were here in D.C. Little guy going up to tennis camp in College Park. Uh, little girl still doing nanny and then for the better part of august we were out for four weeks so we did uh, three weeks in uh, uh, delray beach at a camp called rick macy for little guy Mm -hmm. and then we did uh, two weeks at the greenbrier so that was like end of july uh, pretty much all of august so i've been out for almost four or five weeks now but i mean it was very stringent right so a couple of updates uh we sold our place in South Beach. We bought a place in Delray so we can hopefully do our summers tennis full-time training down there in, uh, in nice. Delray. But, I mean, the schedule, it's like I tell people I never really leave. I never go on vacation. So my schedule is getting up at 4.30. I'm out the door at the gym, running by the beach. Get back in at 6.30, get the little yep. guy up, showers, all that stuff. We eat breakfast at 7, 7.30. We're in the car by 7.30. takes 30 minutes to get to this tennis camp. 8 to 8.30, meeting with the parents. There's a developer from D.C. that's down there, so I'm chatting with him a little bit. 8.30 to 11, we're, I'm doing work in the car, air conditioning, text, emails, phone calls, all that jazz. 11 to 12, we have lunch. Yeah. 12 to 1, it's a private lesson. I'm out in the blitzing sun. I've gotten a, a little bit of a suntan here on me during the summertime. Uh, <laughs> and then... Don't worry, it disappears within five minutes exactly. of returning to D.C. I'll be back to that West yeah. Virginia white for me. And then... Uh, One to three is he's back in tennis camp. And I'm like, that's when I would go out and tour properties where there isn't Boca, Delray, Mm -hmm. Deerfield, educating myself on the market down there just in case we have a client or have something I want to buy. Three to four back there watching him play tennis and then four o'clock on doing my thing. So still keeping the schedule, even though I'm away from the office, I'm still very busy down there. So that was that was my summer in a a nutshell. Well, a lot of agents from Northeast cities uh, like ours in New York also have side interests in Florida. It's very popular. The uh, agents go back and forth, and obviously our clientele goes back and forth. So that's a great market, obviously, for you to be working in and looking around on the side. It's it's always been of interest to me. I don't spend yeah. enough time down I'm there. I'm thinking though. about... That's great. I'm going to talk with you know Jonathan, the owner of our company, or someone 
about getting my license down there. And I was talking to our developer friend down there because uh, he wants to start buying some places. Mm-hmm. And it's I'd be very niche with you know marketing and selling things down there. I'd be from, again, this is Delray Beach, but I'd be from Atlantic to Linton, from the right. Gulf Stream over to the ocean. So it's a very small corridor, but not working buyers, but just working sellers and, you know, you know, working on a team somewhere down there so I could kind of be bi-coastal. That's awesome. So Max, we, uh, I don't know how many shows we're down, 10, 12 shows in our belt. What do you think about uh, our past guests? Well, here's what I'll say so far about the experience of doing the podcast is I really enjoy it. At first, sometimes I'm concerned I don't have the correct energy to put forward, you know, when I arrive to record. But then you get into this mode, and I think you do too. I think you're you're like you go into podcast mode and you get inquisitive and I've learned a lot from talking to our guests and they're people that we've known and some people we didn't like uh Julie uh in one of our upcoming episodes but great stuff and a great experience I think it's a great experience for a lot of reasons I I've really enjoyed Myself included. I think hearing the stories of the people that are coming on, like whether it's Clarence or Shannon or Mattia, everybody is successful in their own right. But hearing their story on how they became a successful agent uh, to me is just fascinating because everybody comes to this industry with a different walk of life. And it's just to me interesting to hear uh, those stories come through. We'll hear how they talk about it in their own words as well versus just reading their bio or learning about them secondhand is, is very unique, obviously, to everyone and, and different. And I, I love the way all of our colleagues and the other people we've uh, talked to present themselves. It's yeah, incredible. and as far as like the negative, not negativity, but I guess one of my fears, not fears, but it's, you know, being, I'm just saying West Virginia, but it's just me as a person, I talk very <laughs> fast, low voice, and then it's a monotone. So I'm like, sometimes I hear myself on the, uh, podcast playback and I'm like oh my god like is there a way like to dumb my voice have someone come in and just say what I'm thinking <laughs> I actually didn't understand anything exactly. you said for the last five minutes so, so yeah I mean I look we're all learning things all the time and it, like I said this is a great experience and I, I really enjoy doing it with you too because I think we're a good complement to each other in terms of how we handle things uh, I know we're both intense realtors but you know the way you run your team and everything and you know i come from a slightly different background we're a little more laid back although we get things done but i think i need you to come over to my house at 6 a.m every day for a week and see how you handle the people in my house because a lot of things get forgotten lunches are missing from school backpacks and it's just (laughs) it's not that it's not the brent jackson household i'll tell you that no there's some screaming that goes on and no uh andrea and a uh, little girl, they like to sleep <laughs> until like eight o'clock. So there's uh, okay. Yes, <laughs> just checking, just just checking to see if there's some normalcy. Yes, I mean we're polar opposites. Where I'm very like resume, like up at every four thirty. Like this morning, I don't understand why my little daughter yeah. thinks and this was yesterday too. She's up around four thirty as well. Like just these past two days, and she thinks I'm going to the zoo. She's like, she'll tell you know, hey mommy, why is daddy going to the zoo and it's still dark outside? I'm like. I'm not going to the zoo. I'm going to go big muscles. <laughs> so anyway, that's a little light heartening. So Max, we got a couple of great guests coming up in the next couple of weeks. Tell us a little bit about some of the guests coming up next in the next couple of episodes. Yeah, absolutely. One guest that I thought was, I was really happy that she decided to join us. Her name is Julie Sousa. 
She owns a design home styling company and she's based out of Boston, but does a lot of stuff virtually. And we met through a mutual friend and she's a quite something on TikTok right now. And her, she's increasing her uh, TikTok presence every hour. And I really enjoyed talking to her and hearing just her insights on how quickly everything snowballed for her based on her social media stuff. She's a great guest. And then, of course, we have uh, Lauren Davis from our company coming up. And she's a generational real estate uh, powerhouse in the D.C. area. I mean, I know we all know Lauren, and she's fantastic. Yeah, she has some great stories. I, I enjoyed chatting with her and learning more about her and her mom, for Same. that matter, because I wasn't in the business with her mom. And then we have Kevin Brown coming up. Yep. Uh, I love New York City real estate, and he's such an energetic. Yeah. He was such a great guest to have on the episode, and he had some really, really interesting, uh, funny stories. He's lively. I think we'll probably have uh, Shannon come back on. Uh, got a great guest coming up, uh, Ron Mangus. He's got his own little niche. He's contemporary housing, so he's got a great following and a great story as well. He's a very knowledgeable guy. Just wrapping up here, Max, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit of state of the market, what's going on in D.C. and the market in general. What's your uh, what's your take on the market in general? How have you seen it play out over the summer and this year? And then what's your thoughts on the upcoming year? Any stats, anything you want to share? Well, on the micro level for where we work, my thoughts are we're still facing an inventory issue with especially sing, especially single family houses in the inside DC area, inside the Beltway area for a lot of product that a lot of certain buyers are starting are trying to look for buyers in specific price ranges, uh, especially under two million. Anything inside the Beltway very scarce right now. So maybe in fall we have some new inventory picking up that might help. Uh, flush this out so to speak but i you know we have a couple things coming up after labor day that i'm aware of and i'm sure more calls will be coming in but i don't really anticipate a huge inventory influx that's going to solve this issue i think you're exactly right and some of the stuff that i've been reading i think there was an urban turf article that came out so just year over year to date dc appreciation we saw 20 percent you know the inventory shrunk to you know, 40-year lows across the country, including here in D.C., which has spiked the appreciation for some of these homeowners. And, uh, you know, and I saw it down in Florida, as I mentioned, I bought it, sold a place, buying a place, and seeing what some of these people are paying across the the market and different sub-markets. It's it's crazy. But here in D.C., we're seeing a steady, you know, 20% growth. So, and let's not forget mortgage interest rates being still... The I mean, bare minimum mortgage rates for anyone to make any for any banks to be making any money off this stuff because the cost of money is so cheap. Some fifteen-year loans are quoted at under two percent for yep. good-sized loans. So the money's very cheap. We've all experienced some. I'm not. We're not economists, but we're you know we've experienced some inflation type of issues with the cost of everything over the last year as things began to reopen. Uh, cost of travel, cost of recreation, cost of goods, and housing is just falling along with that because the money is cheap. And one thing you brought up earlier is about the inventory levels coming back. And one question that I get that I get asked a lot, maybe you do as well, is like, when is the market going to crash? Is it going to be like 2008? Um, there, there was an article I was reading, right. I don't know if it was today or, or last week in Fortune, but it talks about like builders, right? So like builders aren't building at the same pace that they were 
going up to 2008, where they were doing 1.7 million housing starts a month. And again, this is on a macro level across the nation. So starting in 2013, after the foreclosures and the market crashed, they've been doing 1.2 million housing starts a month. So population is outgrowing supply. And according to Freddie Mac, there is a $3.8 million, or excuse me, a $3.8 million housing shortage across the country. So mm-hmm. I don't see the market slowing down anytime soon. There's going to be more inventory. So maybe you don't see, you know, 20 offers and a million dollars over list price. Maybe it's, you know, three offers and full price. Right. Yeah. I mean, there has to be a limit to where the values have, have, re- have gotten to and where people start to feel that affordability squeeze based on income levels, savings levels, there is a there's a limit and also i don't know this i always think about the intrinsic value of things when you look at a single family home in a certain neighborhood and pick any neighborhood in dc and you think about what it is that you're looking at physically the land itself and everything else and you think about whatever the price tag is some of it seems a little bit bizarre you have to admit that but it is the way it is and it it's history you, we that's it's solved by itself, but sometimes it's a little odd when you're trying to correlate these things. Yeah, and even going into the rental market, I know last year the rents fell. And this is across the country as well. Rental market's hot. So rental market's hot right now. It fell last year by fifteen percent. I think we were telling some of our people, like you know, twenty to twenty-five percent, when we were working for the landlords trying to find renters. Uh, but right. to your point, yeah, the market's hot on the rental side, and we're seeing an eleven percent increase, you know, year over year on the rent prices. So. If you think you're going to get a good deal on the renting side, you know, maybe, no. maybe not, especially with rates being low. I was dealing with multiple offers on rentals for a client recently, <laughs> uh, out of town tenant client, VIP, needed something very straightforward, single family house, Northwest DC, maybe close in Montgomery County. And it was really tight, three applications per house. And this is stuff in the 6,000, 8,000 a month range, which isn't chump change, right? So no, that's crazy. That's how that market is. And I still think real estate agents are very important, especially in this market, because just to share with you the story, we. Well, I'm important. Uh, you are very important. That's why I want to share the story with you. Thank you. Maybe you can Thank you. Uh, get some tips and tricks from you as well. But anyway, mm-hmm. over the weekend, we had an out of town buyer. They're from California. They pinged us that they wanted to go see this condo. The agent we know very well with another firm. She said that they weren't going to look at offers until Sunday. Mm-hmm. We showed it Friday. We showed it again on Sunday. We were there for like two hours. Later that day, we submitted an offer. It was 1.1. The agent gave us some inside tracks, some inside knowledge, saying that she had two other offers to 1.2. They were both all cash. Yeah. She gave us the proof that they were 1.2. She showed us the escalation clauses. Our clients got it at 1.16, so 40000 less than the two other offers they had in hand. Interesting. Why? Maybe there were some other terms in there or whatnot, but we saw proof that they went up to one two, forty thousand less. We were all cash as well. We were told that the other ones were all cash. But again, it just goes to show that agent is very important because we have relationships with other agents. So if you're thinking about calling that Redfin agent, and there was a Redfin agent that did show the property when we were leaving and he left every door open all the lights are on the front door is unlocked the apartment door is unlocked Brent, it's okay this is our podcast we can go for the hard sell okay yes there is absolutely a value to using a realtor who has good relationships there's no doubt about that and you are 100 right and i think that it's absolutely made a difference for buyers that i work with 
in certain situations because the agent, I don't know what the legality of saying this is, but Brent, I know you've had agents call you back and say, I want to work with your people, right? Yes. So exactly. And a lot of time it's, it's because they know us, right? Like if yeah. it's agent to agent relationship, they know that we have a really good relationship or we should with our clients. So they know that if the deal goes sideways, we're going to be able to keep it together. We can put it usually for the most part, we can put a bandaid on something, keep the deal together, make sure that it gets to and through. Escrow. Just handling the transaction like professionals so that the other side isn't always fighting to get another piece of information. If there's financial information, if there's closing, scheduling, all that stuff to know that people are working with other professionals is a big deal for sure. Yeah. Any predictions for the rest of this year? We've got a, what, four more months going, coming right out of uh, Labor Day and ending our summer here. I think it'll be a really busy fall market through the holiday season. I already have plenty of new buyers lined up, and I'm just waiting for some inventory to show them in various markets in D.C. A couple new listings coming up for after Labor Day, and the calls I anticipate will pick right back up after the holiday. And not that it's slowed down much. This past week's a little bit of a lull, but, you know, it's kind of that last summer hurrah. When you say holidays, are you saying like Thanksgiving? Or you think yes. It's go, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We always have activity between Thanksgiving and New Year's as well, but it's usually a little slower. I think sellers are a little more reluctant to bring their product on the market in that pocket because people are more distracted and they tend to travel more. And this year is tends to be more of a normal year than it was before because of the pandemic. So I think that people will be back to their traveling and family visits again, and it'll make that holiday season a little slower as it usually is. It's interesting. I tell a story, two different stories, depending on who I'm in front of the seller right. or the buyer, right? It's sure. like the seller is like, Oh, my house is going to sell in a week. And I'm like to that seller, I'm like, no, our stagers, our painters, our landscapers, everything we're hearing and seeing, there's going to be a lot of inventory coming on. And people are coming back from their summer vacations. They're getting back into the swing of work, school. So it might take two or three weeks for people to digest the inventory and go through the inventory before things start to pop, which should be the end of September yeah. or 1st of October. And with the buyers, I'm like, be patient. There's going to be so much coming on, but you can't you know, sit around and wait, right? Yeah. If something comes on, it looks good, it is good, and it's priced right, you need to be ready to jump on it immediately always timing's everything well max that's all i got for you today it's been a pleasure working with you here through these first couple of episodes it's been a great summer ready for the fall market to pick up ready for these new guests to come out and share with us some words of wisdom anything else to add before we close it up here no it's great and we look forward to bringing you more real estate entertainment and other great guests and thanks for listening Thanks for listening to Keaton DC with your hosts, Max and Brent. Unlocking the market on the district's first real estate podcast. Remember to subscribe to Keaton DC on Apple Podcasts or wherever you like to listen. Follow us on Instagram at Raven Max and at Brent E. Jackson. And follow Max on TikTok at Maxwell Raven underscore properties. Oh, oh, oh.